Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Paul writing to the Gentile Christians in Rome, he said this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Interesting statement. Paul said the gospel of Christ, which is the word of God, literally is the power of God unto salvation. That's a big statement. Salvation. It's the Greek word soteria. We, we pronounce it soteria, but it's really soteria. It's the word for salvation. It means to rescue. It means to deliver. It means to make safe, to make whole, and to heal. The power of God unto salvation. The word of God, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God to heal you, to deliver you, to make you whole, to rescue you. This is so important that you know that. But it's only the power of God to those that believe it. Right? Remember, we've been making this statement. You have to make a choice and take a step of believing to come to the place of knowing. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein, therein where? The gospel of Christ. Therein, the word of God. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. This Greek phrase, from faith to faith, denotes a growing and increasing faith. The righteousness of God is revealed as you walk and grow in faith. The righteousness of God is revealed. And it says here, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now this is in the commanded text this is not a suggestion. God is telling us as his kids, you're my child, you'll live by faith. And this word live is interesting. It literally talks about your manner of life. It talks about your day-to-day -day actions. So your day-to-day -day actions, your very manner of life will be by faith. Interesting. Why do we emphasize this? Because many Christians right now, they're looking for the power of God to be in prayer. They're looking for the power of God to be found in a prophetic word. They're looking for the power of God to be, there. I mean, we're running around from this meeting and that meeting to go to this anointed teacher and that anointed teacher because we want to experience the power of God. But the Bible says the power of God is found as you believe the gospel, the word of God. Now, is there power in prayer? Absolutely. As long as you're praying the word of God, Right? as long as you're praying in faith, as long as you're praying motivated by love. This is why people get off. It's really amazing all the years that I've walked with the Lord of how that I've seen this wonderful gift called prophecy, the prophetic word. Oh, how it has pulled people out of churches. Because if you don't believe what I'm believing, then I'm not going to walk in fellowship with you. Do you know how many intercessors, I'm an intercessor, how many of them have blown churches wide open? 
Why is that? Because we're looking for things not through the right lens. Is there power in prayer? Absolutely, as long as you're praying the word. Is there power in the prophetic word? Absolutely is, as long as the prophetic word is in line with the word of God. But I don't seek something other than what God says is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the power of God to heal me, to keep me safe, to deliver me, to make me whole, right? To rescue me. That's, that's where the power is at. This is the source of the power. See, you'll never be able to know God through your feelings. You won't ever be able to know God through your thinking. You know God through his word. It's through his word. That's where everything is found. And everything springs from his word. Everything does. A wonderful prayer life. I mean, the Bible is very clear that prayer is huge. It invites God into your situation. All of these wonderful gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, all of the offices of a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, evangelist, right? All of these things are wonderful. All the nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost are wonderful. But the power is in the gospel of Christ. That's why the Holy Spirit only testifies of Jesus, because he is the word of God, right? You can only know God through what God's word says that Jesus has done for you. We need to know what he's done for us. Today, whether you feel like it, whether you think this way, whether it looks this way, the son of God, Jesus, has made you free. He's given you all authority in his name. He's literally caused you to sit with him in heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed you with all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has taken your place. He bore your sin. He carried your sickness. He bore your pain. He took your poverty and he gave you his life. That's right where you are right now. But here's an example. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2, we see this. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. And, and in the context of Hebrews chapter 4, it's talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. The writer, the author, or the word of God, we could say this, in Hebrews is telling us that the gospel was preached to us in the same way that it was preached to them, even in the Old Testament. But the word preached did not profit them. Didn't profit the children of Israel. Why? They didn't mix it with faith when they heard it. They didn't mix it. So we have to use our mixer. Right? You're, everybody brought your mixer today. As I'm looking around... There's not one person here that doesn't have your mixer. It's one inch underneath your nose. And so what we do when, when the gospel is preached and you hear it, what do you do? You mix it with faith. Yes, that's mine. Father, I thank you that I am healed. Father, I thank you that I have authority. Father, I thank you. Yes, that's so true. I believe that. I thank you, Father, it's written, you always cause me to triumph. You make me the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. You meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory, right? This, this is what we, when, when you're feeling, you're, you're angry, you feel hurt, that's when you say, Father, I thank you that I'm not moved by my feelings, I walk in love. I walk in the love of God because it is written, you shed the love of God abroad in my heart. When, when your flesh is just pounding on you, 
to do things contrary to what the word of God says. That's where you sit here and you go, Father, I thank you that you made me your righteousness. I thank you that sin does not have dominion over me, that its power was broke over me, that I was crucified with Christ. This is Romans 6, right? I was buried with him in baptism. I was raised to newness of life. My whole existence, I'm identified with the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So sin will not dominate me. I thank you, no addiction, no sin will ever have a part of me. Everything that could produce death in my life, you have set me and made me free from it. Right? So this is how we live. You have to mix it. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, for by grace are you saved, how? Through faith. You're saved through faith. And not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace are you saved. It's the Greek word sozo. It's the same thing for salvation. You're saved. This means by grace I have been healed. I have been made whole. I have been made sound. I've been rescued. I've been delivered. Why? Through faith. This, this word saved is in the Greek perfect tense, which means that something was done and completed in the past for me that continues to have present results right now. 1990 years ago, Jesus, my Lord, hung on a cross. He was he was made to be sin with my sin that I might be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in him. And what he did, the power that came upon him as he came out of that grave and he said, listen guys, now all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now you go in my name. Do you know that power 1,990 years ago is still just as strong and it's just as powerful in my life. So now in Ephesians, we see Paul praying for people that walk by faith and walk in love. And he says, oh Lord, grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and so that they would know the hope of your calling, right? The riches of the glory of the inheritance that you've given them as saints. And then it goes on, and the exceeding power that is literally pointed towards them as they believe. Same power. It's continuing today. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, there's, there's three places where it talks about faith coming. Ephesians 2, 8 speaks of faith as a gift. It says here, for by grace are you saved through faith. You're not saved of anything that you've done. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Well, the grace of God's a gift, salvation's a gift, but specifically in this verse, faith is spoken of as a gift. God gave you the gift. He gave you his faith. Isn't that amazing? If you go to Romans chapter 12, verse 3, this is the second place that faith is talked about. And it talks about faith as being dealt. It says in Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. That means clearly, soundly, Think in a right mind. Think in a manner where you're not moved by your emotions. And then it says this, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we have faith given as a gift. We have faith dealt. 
And then in Romans 10, 17, kind of a foundational scripture of this segment of faith. It says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, this speaks of faith coming. It comes one way as you hear God's word. So we need to talk a lot about this. We talked a lot about it last week. We see in this, in this, in the literal translation, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We are to never stop hearing the word. We cannot walk by faith if we are not walking in a fresh revelation of his word. In other words, I cannot even be in faith if I'm not hearing his word. And when I hear the sound of my father's word, faith is birthed. And it's birthed for a reason, and we're going to get into that today. You have to know the reason. So then faith comes by hearing. This is that Greek word, akoe. It means the thing heard. It talks about the sense of hearing. But then it goes into the attitude. This, this word hearing means to be readily received. In other words, I'm hearing with a heart to receive it. I'm not just listening to see whether I buy this or not. You can't hear the word of God in that place. It literally means heard and accepted from within. In other words, hearing means you and I are allowing God's word to speak to our heart. So this is, you don't have to understand everything about the word to hear it. Okay, so this Greek word hearing is big. It means, it means to hear, to readily receive it, but it also means to understand the message or the reality of what you just heard. You don't have to understand everything to understand the reality or the message. Right? So what do I mean by that? So if I look at this Greek word, it talks about hearing, but it also talks about understanding the message and the reality. You don't have to understand everything about divine healing to have faith to be healed of an incurable disease at the end of its, where it's, at, it's ready to kill a person right? You don't, you don't have to be. If you look at the book of Acts, the man that was healed at Lystra, he was impotent in his feet. He was crippled. He was, he, it says he was a man, so that means he was at least 30 years old, who had never walked. So think about this. So we know there's a human being that never had to learn how to walk. For 30 years, 30 plus years, the man had never walked. He was crippled in his feet. But when he heard Paul preach, Paul didn't even get through a whole sermon. He had never heard anything about this before. Think about that. And right in the middle of Paul's sermon, Paul is preaching, and all of a sudden he's like, he, he perceives that this man has faith to be healed. But the man's not healed. We're going to talk about this later because he didn't know how to release his faith. So Paul helped him. He said, hey, stand up on your feet and walk. And the Bible says the guy leaped and walked. He never had to learn how to walk. 30 years, 30 plus years, and was healed in, in just a, a short period of time. How, how did that happen? Because he heard. He, he listened to this message. The word of God is truth. It is not subject to change. It is the very word of God. And when he heard it, he not only heard it, but he understood the message and the reality that it was his. 
and, and listening to it, he had faith to be healed. Isn't that amazing? See, right now we're living in a time where people think it's so hard. But it's because we're not believing and seeing the word of God correctly. Guys, when God says something, now this is the secret of faith. When God says something, it's not subject to change. Why is it so clouded for us? Because of 300 years of hearing nonsense like God heals some and not others. God blesses some and not others. Well, you know, his ways are higher than our ways and you just don't know what God's gonna do. And oh, you know, by the way, God took out, I, I mean, like when the, with the hurricane, when it hit New Orleans, you know, all these people are standing up. Well, see, God's just judging. No, I mean, I love what Jesse Duplantis, who lives there, He's like, hey, if God's judging New Orleans, he missed it because some of the worst sinful areas in this city didn't get hit. Oops. No, there's no oops with God, right? We hear this nonsense and then we face something and this is what happens. Our circumstances or our symptoms tell us that the word of God is not working and we literally believe that over what God said. Listen, when God said, when God said, I sent my word and healed you, that's it. Right? When, when God said, listen, I will meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory, and it's going to come to you through my son Jesus, that is it. I love that. So it's not talking, you don't have to understand everything about how a liver works to have your liver healed, right? You can understand the truth of something without understanding how it works. And this word hearing, it literally means you understand the message and the reality of what's being said. So example would be gravity. I don't understand how it, I mean, what is keeping us on the planet? Well, gravity, okay. I don't, I don't understand those inner workings. Don't even want to. Not going to the seminar from professor so-and-so unless I'm you know, suffering from insomnia and I want a good nap or something, right? No, I don't care, but I understand the reality of it and I expect it. And that's the way God is. Listen, when you mess up, God already spoke and said, listen, I'll never get down on you for the mess you've created. He said that right in James. Wow, he doesn't upbraid us. But we have Christians that get in a sin habit and they have this secret sin and it's causing them to repel away from God. Well, why? Well, I don't want to I don't want to deal with God. He's got to be mad at me. No. How could he be mad at you? He condemned all of your sin in the, in the body of Jesus. Now, he might not be pleased because he's not able to get over to you everything that, that you need and everything he wants you to have. But he's not mad at you, right? And it's the goodness of God that leads people to repent. But see, here's the bottom line. We have to choose, we choose, we have to choose to accept God's word as truth. It's either truth or he's lying. I'm here to tell you, God can't lie. I mean, study Jonah. Could you imagine? Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach. Uh, yeah, no. And he goes the opposite way. So this massive fish of some sort swallows him. Now, think about it. This guy is in the belly of some fish going down into the depths of the ocean. Now, you know, this is disgusting, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't even know why this stuff comes up. 
So we're in California one time, you know, we're, we're on a pier. We just got done eating. They have this restaurant on a pier in Balboa. And there's this really cute little seal. And you know, it's so funny because these fishermen hate the seal. Because what he does, they throw their line in and he hangs kind of away until a fish is about ready to hit the line and then he eats the fish. So in reality, they think they're fishing, they're actually his assistant, right? So this seal, you know, you've never seen a seal look hungry. And this little guy is just looking around and he's swimming around and Jeanette and I are like, oh, that's so cute and everything. And then he pooped. Wow. I mean, it was like three feet wide, six feet long of just this powdery, disgusting mess. And I'm thinking to myself, do you know, when you see a seal eat a fish, he doesn't chew it. Now, believe this or not, I have a point on this one, okay? (laughs) He doesn't chew the fish. All the digestive systems in his body digest this fish and turn it into the stuff, right? So here's Jonah sitting in the belly of a whale or some fish, some creature, and I'm sure the digestive enzymes are trying to work after three days. He called it a lying vanity. He's, he's, he's in the bottom of the ocean in a fish's belly, and he knows that this is not his future. And he's not even born again. You could be sitting in a physical body right now. Why is that story in there? You could be sitting in a physical body that's not working right, that has some things that the enemy's attacking you with, and you can know that that is not your future. That you will not die but that you will live and declare the works of the Lord. You could be sitting right in the middle of a financial disaster and know that's not your future. God brings dead things to life. He calls those things which be not as though they are. This is faith. This is what we're talking about. And everybody needs to hear this. So faith is given, faith is dealt, and faith comes one way, by hearing God's word. If you study every one of those, Ephesians, Romans, every one of them, Romans 12, Ephesians 2, right, Romans 10, faith is dealt, right? Faith is a gift, faith comes only one way by hearing God's word. Do you know there's only one way that you're saved? You have to hear words. We might take the time to go through all this. Book of Acts, there's five five showcase times where people uh, were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Three of them, hands were laid on them. Two of them, the Holy Spirit just came upon them. But in every case, they, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by hearing words. you got to understand, the word of God is truth. Why do you think Satan works so hard in our colleges and universities and on TV? Don't you kind of, and on the internet, don't you kind of feel like, you know, you start listening to all this stuff and you're just like, i got to get away from this because what is true? Right? We're inundated. Have you noticed in 2020 how we are inundated that you can't trust what you hear? I wonder why Satan wants everybody to have this overwhelming thought that you can't trust what you hear. Because he does not want you to trust what you hear. Because you're saved, you're healed, you're delivered, you're set free. Everything, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're everything, you're healed, you're delivered. 
all of these things by hearing words. So simple. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is quick. That means it is full of life. What do you mean life? It's full of the eternal Zoe life of God. When God speaks his word and when he said, I sent my word and healed you. When, when his word says, my son, Jesus himself, Matthew 8, 17, bore your sickness and carried your pain. That word is full of the Zoe life of God that will change your body. Right? When, when, when God spoke, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I have given you a spirit that is full of power and love and soundness of mind. That's not subject to debate. Why am I saying all this today? Because faith comes by hearing the sound of his voice. His word is full of life. It's quick, but it's also powerful. This Greek word means it's active and it's effective. It goes right to the core of what it needs to go to to break the power and then healing comes and deliverance comes and all this stuff. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. In other words, the word of God, hearing his word, will tell you if this is your idea or if this is the leading of the Lord. The word of God will tell you and decide this thought you need to take captive because it's not from God. This one is. It divides. See, Paul is now, he's contrasting the inner man with the outer man. And the, the Bible says the word of God is a discerner. It is what causes you and I to see and know things. The word of God causes us to see and know truth. You can take the word of God and change every area of your life. You can hear God's words. This is not just ink on a page. This is the eternal not subject to change, forever settled in heaven, word of God. And when you hear it, when you hear, when you hear it and you understand the reality of it, man, it'll change your life because faith is birthed. It says here, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, God's word will reveal your heart motives. Man, I love that because it, like for me as a pastor, I, and for you as a Christian, guess what? We are all in full-time ministry. We will all stand before the Lord and everything we've ever done, every conversation that we've ever had about anybody, every word we've ever spoken, everything we've ever done, we are going to literally have all of, those, all of those works judged by fire. And only those things that will remain, the, the only thing that's going to remain is what was done by the faith of God and done in the love of God with a right heart motive. I'm so glad that the word of God will keep my motives right. Right? See, we're, we're not into, it'll, it'll keep you from, from literally being moved by having to be the center of attention. And, and you'll, you, it, you just won't be about yourself. John chapter 6 and verse 63, talking about this word, it says, it is the spirit. This is Jesus talking. It is the spirit that quickens. In other words, it's the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing, then here it is, 
The words that I am speaking to you, they are spirit. Well, what does spirit do? It makes alive. And they are life. They are zoe life. When you hear, and see, this is why you have to be careful if you listen to nonsense. Because Satan's words carry his thoughts and they're designed to steal, kill, and destroy. And, you, and he doesn't want you to ever take, God does not want you to ever take one of Satan's thoughts. It's like drinking poison. Gossiping about people. Judging other people. Walking in unforgiveness. Be, speaking what you see in your circumstances instead of what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do will always produce death in your life. Because his words, Satan's words can't produce life. God's words can't produce death. They're full of life. God's words are spiritual containers. They contain the Zoe life of God that will rescue you, deliver you, make you safe, make you whole, make you sound, will heal your body. I love John 17, 17. We find out Jesus speaking right before he goes to the cross. He says, Father, sanctify them through your truth. Father, your word is truth. Secular humanism is wrong. Truth is not what people think it is. Truth is not of this world. The truth of God's word, it's the final authority. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 16, it says this. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, in the Greek language, it would read this way. All scripture is God-breathed. When God breathed life, when God breathed into Adam, he, he was alive. When Jesus breathed on the disciples, spiritual life came into them. They were born again. Every word of God is God-breathed. All scripture. If you ever hear a teacher that tells you to not to throw out this epistle or, or the gospels or throw out the Old Testament because that wasn't talking to a New Testament believer, you're on dangerous ground Every word of God is relevant and the Holy Spirit will cause you to rightly divide it. Jesus literally, after his resurrection, expounded from the Old Testament who he was. Paul, all through the word of God, expounded on who, on who Jesus was by using the Old Testament. So I don't think I'm going to throw out the Old Testament. Right? That's lazy. That's stupid. Right? I don't know how else to say that. The word of God, it's profitable. It's God-breathed. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable to instruct us. For reproof. In other words, it gives us proof. It gives us evidence. It's profitable to correct us. God doesn't correct you by throwing some sickness in your way or, or causing you to get in an accident or causing this circumstance in your life. He's not doing that. He corrects you with his word. The word of God, all scripture is given. It's God-breathed. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect. This word perfect means that he may be fresh and complete. So many Christians are like they're in a coma. They come and hear the word and they don't get excited about it. You know why? It's because they've been eating junk food. Go, go home today. Stop by Krispy Kreme donuts on your way home and eat about 20 of them and see how you feel. And just this whole week, just eat junk food constantly. Your favorite, I don't care what it is. Just eat nothing but junk and see if while, when you have 20 Krispy Kreme donuts in your stomach, I mean right now you guys are like, 
Oh my gosh. Because we've all eaten something, right? We've eaten something that's not real good. I mean, so you have Thanksgiving meal. That's awesome. You've got this white turkey meat that's perfect nutritionally. The problem with it, it's drowning in gravy. It's drowning, and then you have the mashed potatoes because, you know, it's, it's the word. I mean, it's the Bible. You have to have mashed potatoes. You have to have dressing. You eat a couple rolls. And then what do you do? You think... You're not really feeling good because of the tryptophan in the turkey. No, it's not that, brother. It's the 5,000 carbs that your system is trying to deal with. And, and you're not hungry for anything else. Don't you just want to, I just want to sit, right? You might start watching the Huskers and then you get depressed and you're like, no, I need something better. Right? So you just want to sit. This is where so many Christians are at. They're not eating anything healthy. They're not eating something that will empower them. They're, they're so full of the world. CNN, Fox, coronavirus, President Trump's the devil. All this stuff. Or, or, or Christians, oh my gosh, Biden's the devil. What are we going to do? Vaccines, it's getting worse and mass. We're feeding on all this stuff and we come to church and we hear the word of God and we're just like, do you know the Bible says today in worship that, that literally he inhabits the praises of his people. God is actually here right now. And, and Christians will be like, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are on fire for the Lord. But most believers, they're walking and living as if God is not real. Why? It's just their diet. Well, I should say this. It's their diet and exercise. If you have a wrong diet, you won't exercise. If you have a right diet, you'll want to work out. You'll want to exercise. What am I saying? If you have a right diet of the word, you're going to want to be a doer of the word and apply it. Why? Because you'll be hearing. See, why, why is the word of God good food? Because you hear God's voice. You are made and created to be face to face with him, to walk with him. And he is telling you, you can do all things through me. This is the word of God. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. That means thoroughly equipped. I'm completely equipped unto all good works. Wow. In other words, it's God's word that will perfect us. So stop trying to change yourself. Are there things about your life that you don't like, that you hope nobody can ever see? Just get in the word and forget all that nonsense. Because that is not who you are. We don't need preachers telling us, you, you know, lousy old wretch, get your life together. Man, why don't you guys come to church? I remember one time I'm in Iowa and this pastor of a church in Ottumwa said, can you come to a service? This guy goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just having trouble in a church. Can you come? So I came to a service, a midweek service. And man, this guy gets up and he's just mad. He's blasting people. You know, we're going to have this service and, or it might have been Sunday morning, I, I can't remember. But he's blasting them. But you guys never come, you're always late. And I'm thinking to myself, after the service, he's like, so what'd you think? I'm like, well, you know, it was, you know, it was interesting. And he goes, well, did you see anything that we can change? I said, yeah, brother, you. He's like, what? I go, man, I go, you know. And I, I told him the statement that Chuck Smith told, said years ago. He said, I said, dude, I go, if you stop beating the sheep and just feed them, They'll grow. You imagine if I got up here, you, would you want to get up on a Sunday morning? Oh, let's go to church and get punched in the face by Pastor Tony 25 times. You know, I could never do that in the anointing because the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. It's so good. 
Jesus said this when he was, look at Jesus is tempted. He, he's fasted for 40 days. Starvation sets in. You have to eat. I mean, a hunger for, for you got to eat something or you're going to die comes on you. We've never had that, right? I've never fasted for 40 days. The enemy comes and he goes, listen, Jesus, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. I mean, when I think of bread, do you, do you ever, I mean, just think of Texas Roadhouse. Those rolls when they're warm, right? But, you know, warm bread, the smell of it. So, so he's tempting Jesus, but what does Jesus say? What was on the inside of him? Everything was about the word, and he responded, it is written, man doesn't live by bread only, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We live by God's word. And I got to tell you, I believe just even today that we just went to a new level. Man, I, I want to encourage you, just go to a new level in the word. The more you feed on God's word, because it's irres he's irresistible, the more you will hunger for him. So important. You, if you have no basis for your belief, then you will have chaos in your life. You got to hear me. This is right where people are. This is right where our country is. If you have no basis for belief, what does the enemy want to do? Let's defund the police. Let's just riot. Let's have lawlessness. See, there's no basis for belief. They want to strip America of God. If you have no basis of belief in your personal life, Wherever you have no basis of belief, you'll have chaos. This is why we as the church right now in our nation, we need to stand up in the authority and say no. Right? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. Why? Because it brings chaos. In your life, if you spend your time looking at the circumstances and situations of your life, you will have chaos in your life when God has made you free from chaos. So don't, don't do that. Feed on the word of God. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, 18, I love this. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all power, this is the Greek word excusia, means authority, is given unto me, given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore. So Jesus said this. This is the Great Commission. He says, guys, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he said this. Now he said, now you go and do something. What do you do? Teach all nations. Speak it. Speak these words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. In other words, because Jesus has transferred all the authority that is in his name, he's given us his name, now he's saying, you guys go out and teach people to be doers of the word. That's what we are to do. To be doers of the word. Teach them to observe everything that Jesus commanded. In other words, teach them to observe, to do it. That, that Greek word literally means to go out and do it. The doer is blessed. He says, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Hebrews 1.3, look at this. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Who, talking about Jesus, being the brightness of his glory. He was the brightness or is the brightness of the glory of the Father. And the express image of his person. Upholding, look at what it says. 
Jesus, the creator of all things, who's the express image of the Father, upholds all things by the word of his power. Doesn't say the power of his word, it says the word of his power. Why does it say that? Because his word is his power in action. When he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. In other words, God's word is the final authority. Why are, Pastor, why are you going into all this stuff? Because we've got to know this. When God says something, it's done. It's forever settled in heaven. Nothing can ever change it. If you simply will believe it and speak it, you'll walk in every part of it. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 17. It says, Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability, this is huge, of his counsel. This word immutability means the unchangeableness of his counsel. That word counsel means his plans, his purposes, his motives, his intention, his will. What is he talking about? The unchangeableness of his word. Right? That, now look at this. Confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, two unchangeable things, what are those? His counsel and his oath. They're unchangeable. I love that. In which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. This word consolation is a paraclesis that we would see when you realize his word and his oath is unchangeable. It brings a strong consolation into your life. What is that? Comfort. The word consolation means a strong comfort, a strong encouragement, a strong exhortation. See, when you're believing God for healing, the word that says, don't forget all of his benefits, who heals all of your diseases, who forgives all your iniquities, that'll comfort you, it'll encourage you, it'll exalt you, it will call you near. This is what a consolation is. And it refreshes you. God wants you to be encouraged. Do you know that all scripture is a paraclesis? It's a consolation. All scripture is an exhortation, an admonition, an encouragement for the purpose of strengthening you and establishing you as a believer in the truth of God's word. That's why God said, Psalm 119.89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I'm here to tell you today that when you hear the very word of God, faith is birthed because you hear it knowing you already understand the reality of it. I understand the reality that if God said it, it is done. It is true. It can't be changed. So I, that's, why, that's how faith comes. 